Lucky Boys Podcast. I was working at like a pretty good, you know, physical therapy job. Like, n- big respect for my previous boss and like the environment that he had because I grew a lot with that job. But I kind of realized like what my ceiling was there. But I also didn't want to leave because I didn't want to leave just to do the same thing. You know, I, I felt like that's tough to leave a job and be a competitor of that job. It's kind of like, I don't want to say burning a bridge, but... But you, you get that, it, you, it gets murky. You know, mm-hmm. some hostility there. It's like, oh, man, like, I helped you come up, and now you bounce into do your own thing and, you know, all that stuff. So I kind of have, like, my own vision of, like, what I wanted to do ultimately, which is provide quality health care at an affordable price, something that's outside of an insurance model. And it's very cheap so that, you know, people can afford it. doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage. doesn't matter if you're, you know, an East brooklyn or wherever area i wanted to be so affordable that anyone can have access to it so that's my ultimate goal you know like physical therapy right now but health and wellness for everybody in the future yeah so when i realized that i was like man i gotta make the jump because hey, hold on let's pause sorry everyone listening it's uh <laughs> we're in the new york. middle of new york so hey we get like we haven't had one in the podcast like a siren interrupt us in a while. <laughs> there was actually a siren last week. Oh, was there? Oh, no, no. It was a motorcycle. It was oh, a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I was just like, when she started thinking about that, like, I got hyped. Like, I was in, we were on a, it was my friend's birthday in Austin. And I was kind of going through these situations with my girlfriend. And that whole weekend, she's like, man, you look off. And my boy was like, yeah, Yo, you look off too, man. Like, you're not really chilling and vibing. And we went to, like, a barbecue spot, one of the best spots in Austin. I ate, like, one piece of, like, a barbecue rib. And that's gr- a red flag right there, one yeah, piece. Yeah, and my girl was like, yo, that's it? I'm like, yeah, you got to wrap this up. Like, I got to go. So I step outside the barbecue restaurant, and she's like, what's wrong? And I start fucking bursting out into tears. I was like, yo, I just can't do this no more. Like, I just want to live life on my terms. I want to solve the problems I want to solve, you know? Like, I want to get after it. Mm. Once I got back from that trip, I pretty much, you know, I talked to my boss about it and I couldn't like sleep for like a week, like leading up to that conversation. All I was thinking about was like how I'm going to serve a purpose, how I'm going to serve people that need my service. Because I work with a lot of people that have chronic pain, um, that have seen multiple, you know, physical therapists, doctors, and they haven't had any solution. I'm their last resort. Mm. Um, I want to help people in the inner city. You know, we did like a fundraiser for that, helping uh fun after school programs for inner city kids so for me it's like i get to live life on my terms serve the people that are underserved and like leave behind something you know mm-hmm. know that it really impacted the world so it was an easy decision to make once i realized like that was my calling and that calling might change you know a couple of years down the line but i'm not gonna know what's right unless i chase took after that, it if took I, that first I, until step. I strive it and yeah. like give it everything i got mm-hmm. you're not gonna know until you do it to your full potential. I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you don't explore the inner voice that's calling to you. And I, I think you hit the nail right in the head. How many of us are at a breaking point where we want to cry, right? Where it's just things, I mean, you're at Austin, one of the best barbecue. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you can only eat one piece of brisket or something, and, and I, I mean, know, those so, ri- the ribs are huge. They're so good, man. <laughs> they're so good. And, I mean, something's really wrong. If you're so distracted or just feel that you're not at peace where you can't really enjoy yourself, then 
I would say at the very least, you got to open up to the idea of what's on the other side. Yeah. You know, you have to give yourself a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Now you have your answer. You can be at least, you can provide some peace for yourself. Because you actually went for it and there's yeah. no regrets. There yeah. you go. That's it. You know, it's, I, I, let's break this down. It's like seeing that girl or having that girl, but, <laughs> but you're too afraid to let her know how you truly feel. Right. And then, but you kind of think she likes you, but you're not sure. Like, I'm pretty sure she likes me, but I don't know. I don't want to feel rejected. And you never tell her. And she never tells you. And you're left wondering, did that one, was that the one that got away? Mm. Was that the one? I, because that, that moment passed by, you know, where I could have kissed her, where I could have did something yeah. about it to tell her how I feel. To I get think into that's that. Maybe thing. you see, hi, you get to know her, you're like, not the same for me. What you said, it was like, Norm was like asking me before, it was like, you know, what's your company name? I'm like, oh, it's called Moment Physical Therapy and Performance. And that's the thing. It's like, I realize it's never, it's always like one thing, right? Something happens and everything changes. And that's what I want to provide for people. Like, When I was coming up, you know, I had a lot of like, I just wasn't a good kid, you know, not good academically, not good family wise. So like I struggled with a little bit of anxiety and a lot of things like that in college. And now you know, you're a doctor. Somehow. <laughs> But like, you know, I read books, I got mentored and I seeked out help. And then there are moments in my life where I was like, damn, like I could be more, I could do more. And that's what I want to provide for people because I knew what it's like to not feel stuck, not know where to go. And that's who I see all the time, people that feel stuck, feel like they don't got an answer, that they're going to have to just live with the pain because that's, mm. that's what people told them. So I want to provide them with a moment of clarity that, one, they can solve their problems. You know, there's something for them and that they don't have to settle for this life just because someone else told them that they're going to have to live this pain. You got a herniated disc, you'll never be able to play basketball again. You tore your Achilles, yeah, good luck playing this sport or et cetera, like there's going to be moments where you realize that you're capable of more and that's the thought process behind names like i want to provide you with those moments right before we started the podcast uh you guys were going to tell me a story i guess i missed out on that you shared a story with norm norm's like will you got to hear the story oh oh i mean actually it, it ties into the moments yeah, yeah. you know you, you were talking about you and your brother yeah. way and then when he was younger He well, did something him for your dad. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, right. I'm just laying the I didn't hear the story for you. I'm laying I didn't hear the story either. I'm laying either. the groundwork. I'm not you, going to specifics. Yeah, because as you know, I always like to hear things for the first time on the podcast. Sometimes I hate it when the cameras aren't rolling. This, and then you told me already, and I, and then like I don't want to be fake and say, let's say it again, so <laughs> people in the podcast. See, like, that difference. would have been great for the podcast. I love hearing for the stories first. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you guys aren't the right accountability buddies. For <laughs> yeah. Hey, opposites attract. Yeah. No, no, so it kind of goes like to give you some context, like, you know, we always say like, why are we doing what we want to do? And one of the biggest things is like, you know, we talked about providing for the family. So my girlfriend's family came to visit New York City for the first time. And we went out to dinner with my parents and my brothers and my sister-in-laws and my brother's kids. And it was a big dinner. And my dad, like, my dad thought he was going to pay, you know, so he was bawling out like, yo, order this or that. In my head, I was like sweating a little bit. So I was like, dad, it's just going to be mad expensive. I should have told my dad I was going to pay for the dinner. So the bill comes out and I'm like, and I grab it and I, you know, just walk to the front. If you know, grew up Asian American, you fight for oh, that yeah, bill. Guys... But I just kind of walked away to the front, pat, pat, bypass all that, just paid for you it. Stiffed armed like yeah. your dad on the side. My, my dad was like, that was like the proudest moment of his life. 
but that shit, like stuff like that feels really, really good. So I was like, man, that's part of the reason why I went on my own. I'm like, I want to be able to do this more often and be financially stable where I could do that more often. Um, but after the dinner, like at that time, you know, when you have kids, you're always like taking care of the kids. So you're not present with the conversation. So my brother was like, yeah, I felt kind of rude. Would love to come by your place so I can kick it with Christy's family. Uh, so him and uh, Ada, my sister-in-law came over and, you know, we're just having drinks, having a great time, like getting to know one another. Uh, my girlfriend's family, uh, dad in particular was like first generation. So him and my brother were just kind of trading stories. And at this point, I haven't really gone out on my own yet. I was kind of in that transition. But one of the stories my brother had told me just had me dying. But it also just like opened my eyes to like the struggles that we face now versus the struggles like that our parents face. So it was like my brother, I think was in third grade or fourth grade. My dad had lost his job due to some like government issues and trying to figure out like citizenship and all these other things. So my dad was unemployed for a little while. And then my, um, I think, you know, all those things got sorted out and he needed help finding a job. Tough part is my parents don't speak English. So my brother goes to the bodega on like Prince Street, same bodega that's still there. <laughs> the dude reads the newspaper, sees an opening for a chef. He you know, circles it, remembers the, the number. He puts like a quarter or uses the phone and he calls it. The payphone. I think payphone or yeah, I forgot yeah. what it is. Well, you got to put a quarter as a payphone. It, yeah. Either that or he went home and called something. But he calls the restaurant and goes, hey, you know, I want to apply for this job as a chef, blah, blah, blah. And a guy's like, oh, you know, come in with your resume. And the two things in that story is like, it's a fourth grader calling to apply for this job. And then my brother was like, shit, I don't know what a resume is. So the dude runs to the library, looks up resume in like that library catalog, figures out what, the, what a resume is. He's like, oh, this is what a resume is. So my brother writes one down on like loose leaf paper, probably like pen and paper resume. He goes to my dad and goes, dad, you're going to go to this restaurant at this time and you're going to hand him this paper. And my brother's like, please do your best so you can get this job. And I was just like, I was like shocked because I didn't know these stories. Like I knew my brother used to help my parents with like reading contracts and doing all this stuff. But I'm like, man, to like go help my dad find a job and you're in third or fourth grade. Like, those are the struggles that, like, you know, your parents kind of go through. So making that jump to, like, entrepreneurship, I'm like, man, that's not even a big deal. Like, that's not nearly as hard as what my parents had to do. You know, leave their homeland, come over here, not even knowing what to expect. You know, having no resources, no tools. You're just trying to give your, you know, your kid a better life moving to a new country. And I'm like, I'm worried about going out on my own. I have a safety net, like what we were talking about. I can always find another job. What's my parents going to do? Like try to figure out how to get back to China? Like that's even more pressure. Mm -hmm. So after hearing that story, I was like, man, like all these problems that I have are just, they're just easy problems and I can choose my problems. Like my dad couldn't choose those problems. Mm -hmm. He had no choice. So like when I look at like, you know, even how privileged I am as a first generation American, I'm like, man, like, let's just do this thing. Like, I'm ready to do this thing. Yeah, it's daunting. It's certainly because there's just no certainty when you're at that position. Everything is uncertain. Yeah. You know, and, and you're living paycheck to paycheck. And the, I guess the scary part is it's not being able to provide for your kids. And I think every parent share that fear where they're not going to be able to put food on the table. That's a whole nother ball game than just taking care of yourself. Right. That that's a whole difference providing. And as a man, 
as a man that is essentially what we feel obligated to do is to protect our family and provide for them. And when you can't do either, you just, you know, there's a part of you that just feels incomplete, you know, and, and I have a strong admiration for immigrant families, not just Asians, but in general that are able to figure it out and create a better life. And that's all they're really trying to do is to create a better life for their children. That's it. They know that it's not going to change. They, they're just like, I just want you to have a better I brought you into this world. I just want you to have a better life. And then we hope that we can get older and take care of them, reciprocate even half of what they did for us. You know, I just, it's just one of those things that I wish there were better opportunities or I figured it out earlier in my life where my parents were still young and I would be able to take care of them. I think that's one of the things that I'm so aware of is just time and how it's very slippery and we just don't understand that sometimes. When I look up at my parents, sometimes I just can't believe or I'm just watching. I don't know if you should, this happens to you where all of a sudden they just look super old. You're just like, what happened? What happened? How did you get old? You know? And on the other side, I look at my kids and I'm like, holy crap, when did you become like a real person? Yeah, they're growing up so fast. Yeah. I see. I look at Nico and he's he's three months. But then I, I can clearly remember the day we were in the hospital. He was like this super tiny little thing. And now he's <laughs> he's huge. He can't yeah. even fit in his like little um carriage anymore. Yeah. My daughter just turned seven. And she's, she's very fit, since we're talking about fitness, right? She's very into sports. She loves working out. Always asks if she can go to the gym with me. So uh, we had her do a HIT program, and we just followed along to TV on the app, right? And she, this was her second. The first time she did that, she had a tough time because it was her first time moving her body a certain way, mm. and she just was confused about how to put her body. She was just all wrong, right? But she did get a workout i was like don't worry just don't worry about getting it right just go through it and just get just pay attention we did it again today the last time we did that was maybe two weeks ago and in between we did a bunch of little stuff but i was so proud of her she nailed every single one with ease and i was just shocked how much more in shape she is than me that's one and two how quickly she was able to adapt and she didn't mind doing it at all at all i did but it's different right like you're like, man, I got to get through a sex exercise. And she's probably like, this is like playtime. Yeah. So like that perception of it completely changes. Like Completely. You know, you, you play ball right now. You probably could play ball a lot longer than you could probably do burpees. Mm-hmm. Even though it might yeah. be kind of strenuous, you know. <laughs> like, But it's fun, so you keep pushing it. But it's burpees, it's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. And, and you mm-hmm. know what it is, too? She's also aware that she's doing this for a reason. She's doing this workout because she knows that it's going to impact her game. She plays tennis and she knows that she's going to get better. She's going to be able to hit the ball harder. She'll be able to get to the ball faster. She understands all of that. So she doesn't want to miss days. She's very into fitness. And this is something that I put on her. She just knows that it translates over. She just has this awareness. And I love that I don't have to really be one of those parents that tries to like push their kids in that direction. Like I think that's one of the biggest struggles for a lot of parents that I talk to with their kids is that they, they have a hard time pushing their kids to do the work behind the scenes. Because even adults don't like it. Let's keep it real, right? Uh, I don't. 
you know, I have a hard time doing that. But with her, she just understands the payoff. Like, she wants to be one of the best, if not the best in the world. The yeah. best tennis player in the world. Yeah. She's already at that. Oh, that's my she's purpose. At that. She's yeah. at that. So she's walking, she's watching um, Naomi Osaka, right? Mm-hmm. She's a huge fan. And she goes, do you think I could meet her one day? And I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, she goes, that would be so cool. And then she goes, do you think uh, I, I'll be good enough to play with her one day on the same tennis court? I was like, what do you think? She goes, yeah. I was like, all right. All right, but we're going to have to work hard. You're going to, if you, if you decide you want to do that, then yeah, you will be playing against her one day. Maybe you guys, you know, hit it off and, you know, hang out and stuff. I don't know, but uh, just work hard, work hard. And that's all I said. I didn't say anything else. She's a kid. I just say, let's go to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Then she, every time I go to the gym, she sees me putting on my sneakers. Daddy, can I come with you? And I was just like, I have this whole dilemma. I'm just like, man, I'm going to have half a workout because of, and I'm just thinking about my girl. I'm like, nah, it's my job, you know, to give, to provide. Like, at least I don't have to push her. And when she's at the gym, I'm, I'm telling you, she wants to go. Yeah. She wants, it's always me that says, all right, time to go home. She's like, daddy, just a little bit more. I'm like, no, 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 daddy says go home. Like, I'm done. Even <laughs> on the tennis courts. We're at the tennis courts. I'm so hungry. I'm tired, you know, and she's just like, daddy, how am I ever going to get better and be better than them if they're spending more time on the tennis courts than me. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Wow, that awareness like, is amazing. That's she crazy. Because she watched the, the documentary. Oh, the uh, Naomi Osaka documentary. Yeah, oh. and I think somewhere she mentioned where she used to spend like eight hours on the court. On the court, yeah, yeah. She said that um, during yeah. one of the monologues, right, or the narrating parts where they're showing clips of her as a child. Yeah. And, and uh, so my daughter goes... Do I need to spend that much time in order to be better than her? I was like, well, you're going to have to invest some time, honey. Like, you know, so she goes, all right, then let's do nine hours. I was like, (laughs) do you understand what nine hours means? Like, daddy has to work and you have to go to school. You know, so she's, so when we're there, she goes, how, how?" she's always asking me, how long, how many hours are we here now? I'm like, two and we're going home. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just like, no, no, come on, come on, let's go, come on. She's super intense about it mm-hmm. you know but she has a lot of fun too that's a that's a key thing we have a lot of fun when we're there like even though she's sweating she's running back and forth we were either doing drills or practicing forehand backhand and all these different stuff and uh she's having a lot of fun doing it i mean she's sweating but she's she she's she's aware of her progress and then when we start playing against each other and she's actually beating me on some points oh yeah, and, and uh, I'm just like, she, she laughs. She loves it. She gets a thrill out of it. Just like when it goes back to what I was saying when I was playing basketball, if I get a block from someone, if I dunk on someone, or if I cross someone over, it feels good. Mm-hmm. With her, when she just hits the right more, ball, and she, she sets me up, and then she hits a cross court, and I just can't keep up. She hits it at an angle where I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And she just gets a thrill, like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting better. I'm mm-hmm. getting better. Just got to keep fostering that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's like... I always now think of like, man, I should just try to be a kid again. Like, no fear. Yeah. Anything's possible. Let's just try. Dude, I'm so like, proud of her. Let's just do it. I'm, I'm proud of both my daughters. There's things, there's things that they do, and I'm just going, wow, when did I lose that? Because I want that. <laughs> you know, I want this. Like, no fear? There's no attitude. fear. This curiosity. This is, they know what they want. They're mm. not unsure about it. Like, if they, like my, my other daughter, she, doesn't want to do it. She'll work out and go, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I don't need all that. Uh, you know, she knows herself and she's fine with that. And I'm, I love that. She, she tried. 
She goes, all right. And she's like, all right, this one's boring. I'm going to sit this workout out. And then she sees a, another one that looks fun. She'll jump back in the workout. <laughs> and I was just like, this is so, like, they're just so cool about it. You know, they don't put this unnecessary stress, right? They still get their fitness in, but just at a pace that they're, that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps them coming back, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they're just curious about everything. And they ask so many questions that are great, great questions, and, and I'm just so proud of them, you know, the way they, they think and the way they are and the way they react to the world around them. And they're good. They're good people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're good people. They actually care about people. They actually care about animals. They care about, like, the environment. They, they all of this. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, damn, I should care more. Because, you know, we go into the stage where we go, oh, no, you have to give no fucks. Like, how many people around us always go, you give no fucks and that's where you'll be <laughs> successful. That's when you'll be happy when you don't give any fucks. Mm. And... I almost bought into that, and I did subscribe to that notion. I did. For, I'm not for, lie. for a time in your because it gives me peace, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't give a fuck what you think, mm-hmm. right? It gives me peace, right? I don't need your approval, and that's good. But when you start doing that for everything, everything, then are you really happy? I think that could be self defeatist, right? Because now you just don't care about anything. Nothing's important except yeah. for what vanity, and and so then it is just approval then because if nothing's important. And, and then you continue to try to flex on IG. And that's what I see, right? For some people, they, they'll have that, you know, I don't give a shit about anything. Meanwhile, they do give a shit how you perceive them. Yeah. They, everything they do is tailored so that you give a shit about how they're perceived, right? And my kids, like, or just kids in general, what I see is that they, don't, they really don't give a shit about those things, but they do give us big shit about these things and they're so true to themselves. And I'm, and it makes me ask myself, where did we go wrong as adults where we're giving a shit about the wrong things and we're not giving a shit about the right things. Right. It's, and it's not even that difficult. I think it's because the, you know, you, you live through life and you become jaded, you know, obviously like, I think your kids are somewhat still innocent, you know, I, I think, and they're, when they have their mindset on something, it's like, that's the focus, you know, it's not like, oh, like, I'm watching something else, and, um, well, that might be the case, I don't know, they, they might, but I'm saying, like, they, they have a focus on something, and that's, they go all in, right, and when you were, when you were mentioning about the, the coaching, is a pretty uh, important aspect of, you know, getting to the next level, did you ever think about getting a coach? For your daughter, for for tennis, to get her to that next I level. I did. Yeah, she has. She's being coached up right now. So it was just, and it and it all kind of. It wasn't like I was on a manhunt for it, right? It just happened organically, and that's what I'm like. That's what we're talking about. I guess that's the theme of this podcast to just kind of try things out and be open to it. That's right? it. Yeah, and that's all we yeah. did. We we're so we we're around that space. Mm. So we're on a tennis court, speaking into the universe, like showing it. To and the universe. then exactly again, you, the night, you know, you guys sitting on the couch. Yeah. Like, you know, just the, because when you said that, I was like, man, that conversation would have been real different if you were in her shoe and your mom would like, nah, study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That, that was the moment for her. Yeah. yeah. So I brought her to the space. We're in a tennis court and we're, we're, this is like, so we're just starting out. And then all of a sudden, uh, I, I see this lady just going with these two kids. And I'm, I'm looking at these two kids. They must have been like, 10 or 11 years old and they're good man and I don't know much about tennis right I'm, I was raised more in the basketball baseball football realm and you know tennis just we I had no tennis courts growing up so it, was, it wasn't like in my, on my radar and 
I was watching these kids. I'm like, man, they're, I think they're good for their age. They look, I mean, they, you can hear it like that pop, you know? So you, you know, they're doing something right. But I, the coach was pushing them, really pushing them, right? And, and I said, man, I got to have a conversation. And my daughter is just, she's watching them like, whoa, they're way better than me, way better. And, and their form is good. And my daughter didn't, you know, she, was, she, she has great hand-eye coordination, great timing, but the technique isn't there. The science isn't there, right? How to move your feet, how to actually do the appropriate uh, movement. There's so much that going into it that I didn't even know. And uh, I, I said, well, she's definitely, like, I need her. So they, were, they had a break where they were picking up the balls and stuff. And I, I, I asked her, I said, hey, are you tennis coach? She goes, yeah. And we just exchanged numbers. And, and that was it. And we just started texting and we had our first coaching session to get a feel. And man, that one class, just, I just saw the jump. So that ability, it was, just, it was just waiting to be released and boom. Mm. It, her skill set was like, just did it. It was like a new person. And, and with every class, I see progress. And then it was like, this coach was like a two for one because not only does she teach him the proper technique, she also it's it's like a like a personal trainer because she works them physically she challenges them physically to make sure that they they have what it takes because if you really want to be good at this you need to get your cardio up you need to get your fitness level higher and she challenges them but she knows when to let go knows when to press so i think we got really lucky there but it's also just showing up right and then just being in that space and just keeping your eyes and ears open and and then you'll start finding opportunities, like I, I like same things like for example like in business, right? If you start putting yourself in a business of real estate, you start learning and you start meeting new people, and then all of a sudden, whenever you walk around, you start seeing for rent signs, you start thinking how much everything costs. You're more aware of it. Whereas someone who isn't, you know, doesn't care about real estate, they'll just walk by and they they don't see dollar signs in those buildings. They missed all those signs. Oh, yeah. Now that's one of the funniest things. It's like if you ever get a rental car and you drive a car you've never driven before, once you get back from vacation, you see that car everywhere. Like it's hard not to see it. And that's where it's like once you're open to like ideas, once you're open to like certain things or you experience something, you start seeing opportunity. It's just like oh you start seeing that car everywhere. <laughs> like my business coach told me that and I was like, yo, that's wild because I see that car everywhere now from my last trip. Yeah, isn't that funny how that works? Like, I mean, I, I remember something as, um, and I don't want to say that there was a certain company, right? And um, I I interviewed for them. This was like after college, right? I interviewed for them, and after I interviewed for them, I noticed their company logo everywhere, <laughs> in movies, documentaries, or on my way to the airport walking to my mom's house walking to meet up with my friends it was like following me yeah and i before that i was oblivious to it it was just a, de- a, a you know a decoration in the background that i just didn't even know was there so i was i was thinking to myself like this is crazy like this is everywhere and i just wasn't aware of it or never paid attention or cared to until i interviewed for that company i i see it everywhere now and it's just one of those things like yeah it just being in your radar, and it makes me ask the question to myself, what else is right in front of my face? What opportunities are just right there that I'm just not seeing? You know, that's, that's the thing. That's what 
It's, that's where I'm at right now, <laughs> right? Where I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what's right in front of me that I'm going to wish I saw earlier. And that's what makes it so exciting is like, once you have one of those realizations, you're like, damn, the sky's the limit. Like, I can really start to, I'm not sure if you guys ever read The Alchemist. Yes, good like, book. Love that book because it starts to talk about how like when you truly believe in something or want something, speak into existence, the whole world works to help you get there. Yeah. And you're just those people that, you know, work really hard and they speak things into existence and you're always going to be like, man, that person got lucky. But it's almost like when you see people do good and really want to serve a purpose, you almost want to like be a part of that. So like you're you're kind of creating this community where it's like, people want to partake in it people you know branding wise like they want to be everyone always wants to belong to something so i'll give you a cool like example like you guys ever heard of the couch to 5k program no so this guy basically wrote a program and i think it goes over uh six weeks you go from the couch to eventually running a 5k in six weeks and he has like three workouts a week and it's like starts with a you know run two minutes walk four minutes for a lot of period of time but there's a whole community around that. People starting um, Couch to 5K. And there's this one day, I think it's the fourth week and the second day, where you run for 25 minutes straight. And that's a big deal. But creating a community around it, seeing these things and like being immersed with it, it's like, damn, it's possible. Like, I love that now. It's like when you start to see things and like experience things now and you notice what your limitations were in the past, you're seeing things with fresh fresh views i was like how stupid is this question when they would ask me know what you don't know like what kind of question is that <laughs> uh, when i heard it as a kid i forgot who, who said it i think it was like a guidance counselor in high school and i was sitting down and, and, and he said will you have to know what you don't know or was it a coach i forgot and i was just like what the fuck are you talking about know what you don't know <laughs> I guess I was too young to really understand. I don't know. How do I know what I don't know? Like, what are you talking about? But as I got older, I started going, oh, okay. And it comes, I think it boils down to asking the, yourself the right questions. I think that's it. I think asking yourself the right questions so that you can better understand what you want and what you want to accomplish or what are you missing, right? Or do you even really want something or, or, or just discovering your why just have enough questions where you can identify your why so that you can manage your own expectations on how you want to proceed to me that was just one of the biggest things that and it's weird because like as a kid i man i just wasn't aware of any of this until i got older and i just became more self-aware or more introspective and and i wanted answers and it wasn't until I started asking myself questions that I got these answers. But some of us go through life never asking ourselves the right questions. We just on we're just on cruise control, and a lot of us just continue on the path that our parents set for us without ever questioning it. Yeah, if had, it's for me, I've had a similar conversation with friends, and it's like, you know, we, you know, oh man, I don't, I don't want to like think about this. Like, it's giving me too much anxiety, or like it's something you know why are we talking about this right now like let's just chill let's just kick it man and i'm like man like at some point you're gonna have to have these conversations because if you kind of keep going on without really understanding 
you know why you're doing what you're doing like and peeling the layers like ask yourself why like four times you're just gonna keep going on life in this kind of cruise control mode where it's like you're just you're just a robot you know like I I just made a post today. I'm like, so much of our decisions are made from our subconscious and like subconscious is just influenced by our previous experiences and our beliefs. So if we don't ever update those beliefs or experiences, we're just on cruise control, making a lot of decisions like, ah, I can't do that. I'm not that type of person. Or, you know, oh, I'll, I'll never be good at that. Like, that's just not who I am. And I said before, like, if you truly don't think you're good at something, give it a go for a couple of years and you'll realize it's not that you suck at it or you're not made to do that you just don't have the determination like people always identify themselves as like not something but rarely do people ever chase it like let's just figure out if it's really not for me and i think uh, also it's it's people are afraid you know people are afraid to ask the question why or even answer it because once they kind of think about it it's sort of like i don't have to answer you know <laughs> And if you don't have the answer, it's like you really, what's the point? Like what, what is your life about? And then you're questioning everything in your life and what you're doing. This quote came in to me in email, which is weird. It came into our email inbox. Mm. Mm. And it said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you have imagined. And it, I think that the, que- the, the questions really were you know, brought up or exposed during you know, this this time where people are just like you know at home you know kind of (laughs) dealing with life but then you know there's the distractions are gone and now they have to really deal with life yeah what was that was that part of the conversations that you had you know going through through, you know the pandemic and 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 everything like that were there questions like that for you no i've always been pretty like introspective kid so like Mm -hmm. i've always thought about like my actions but you know this is just like a deeper layer now of like, man, I didn't realize I had these beliefs or experiences that shape all decisions I'm making. But, you know, making this jump was like, physical therapy is like the first time in my life that I didn't have a side hustle. And like working these past two years, I was like, man, like I want to do something else that could put a little bit more in my pocket. And I, mean, I realized I almost felt bad about saying that. But I'm like, man, like how come I can't make money and like feel good about it? It's because like there's this negative connotation with it, you know, like money is evil, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm like, man, if I make more money, I can help more people and do things, give back and like be in positions where I can positively impact people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like one of the a client that I work with, um, he, he just had a huge party at a pier. He rented out the whole pier. And it was free of charge, five food trucks serving, you know, top shelf alcohol, all that stuff, raffling off stuff to like frontline workers, because that's what he does. He staffs frontline workers. He raffled off a BMW. And then after the night was like over, he came up to me and said, Andy, that felt so good, man. Like, I just love the fact that like I was able to like give a space where healthcare providers feel appreciated and like change people's lives. He's like, I'm going to do this every year. And I'm like, that's like, that's what's up. So when you start to realize it's like money isn't evil, you know, like it's good to make money. It's good to give away money. And like you shouldn't feel bad about like making decisions based on certain financial things. Yeah, you shouldn't feel bad about making money. You shouldn't feel bad about being happy and you shouldn't be mad at making decisions for yourself that will improve your own lifestyle or mental health. I think I think we need to begin choosing ourselves first without feeling guilt 
And I always felt bad as a kid if I said no to someone. You know, I didn't know how powerful no was. It's okay to say no to these people and, and yes to me. Because every time I said yes to them, I was saying no to me. And, and I'm watching everybody around me get better. And I'm blaming them for not lifting me up. And I'm going, wait, that's not their fault. I'm responsible for myself. And if I'm choosing to help this person out and they're choosing not to help me back out or reciprocate the energy, then I have a choice. Do I want to continue being friends and be okay with that? Or do I want to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the friendship I thought it was. Maybe I could take a step back and focus on myself and maybe I'll find other friends that'll care about me as much as I care about them, right? And again, this is asking the right questions. So I ask myself these questions. Is everyone like this? Is, is, there, is this something that I'm doing wrong? Or is this something that they're doing wrong? And it boiled down to me doing something wrong because I didn't draw boundaries. It was, yes, you will, you want to do that? Yes, yes, okay, yeah. And I was giving these yeses out for free without knowing my own worth. And it became so easy because you're, I, I was cheap, making myself cheap because I was always available, right? So therefore, they can't appreciate you because you're always available. You're going to be down anyway, right? Whereas if you start sharing some no's, they go, oh, shit, his time is valuable. It's limited. Oh, hey, hey, the, they'll start giving more effort because they know they have to work more for you, for you to, for your yeses versus before it was for free. And when things are free, what do you do? Naturally, every human, you take it for granted. Yeah. So they're not evil people. It's just that I set it up wrong. I didn't draw boundaries. And since it was free, they just thought it was, yeah, it's free. Why should I put value to it? And then when I started changing it up, man, I started, it, the dangerous part was I really enjoyed my own company where I just didn't always need to be with you. I didn't always want to hang out in large groups anymore. I was, I was actually really happy just, for example, even going out to dinner, having a, having a glass of wine by myself and, and, and a steak and just chilling. I'm like, this is kind of cool. It was weird, but it was kind of cool. And then I was like, oh, let me try to do this by myself. Let me try to go on a trip by myself. Let me try to do a little road trip by myself. Let me do this. Oh, I like this. This is kind of fun. You know what? Let me try this on my own. And I started liking my own company. And then now when my other friends would join in, I I wouldn't be so eager to please anymore because I like myself enough to just be okay with myself. And I didn't need you to be okay with me anymore. But I also enjoyed your company, which is great. And it made me cherish it more. And it made you cherish me more. Now, this is, it's, I'm at a healthier place for all of us. And it was just a matter of holding myself accountable instead of blaming other people. Oh, yeah, you ain't riding with me. You ain't loyal. You do, no, no, no. And it wasn't, it's not even that. It's not even that deep. Like, it's just, you got to choose yourself first to take care of yourself and then let everything else, let the chips fall in place. Because people aren't out, for the most part, people aren't out. To backstab you people aren't out to betray you or, or look for things to do against you unless you're you know like on some squid game shit where you know it's <laughs> it's either you or him then yeah of course everyone's going to choose self-preservation i get it but if you're not in a situation like that they're not looking to get you for the most part unless that guy's crazy or girl but i mean i come to that conclusion and i wish i did 
earlier because it would have been so much better for me now, right? So there's one of those things where I say, and I, there's no regrets, but there's one of those things where I say like, what my 65-year-old version wish I would have done now. So it's like, what my version like of now wished my 20-year-old would have be if I had that awareness. But then again, I can't blame myself. The reason I say no regrets, not because it's a saying or that it's unhealthy, whatever. It's true because at 20, I didn't have that knowledge yet. It just, for whatever reason, it just, I wasn't, I didn't have that awareness. It, it, had, a, it had a specific time. Yeah, it happened when it needed to yeah, happen. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, you know, you go through life and you, got, you get those moments. You get yeah. one moment where you realize, like, I'm going to ball my eyes out. I'm going to start my own business, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had moments like that, too, as well, like, realizing, like, I want to be financially free, but how do I get there? You know, all these things, but, you know, made me realize, like, you know, finding the bigger purpose, like, why do I want to be financially free? Is because I want to take care of my family. I want to be able to, when my son grows up to be 14, 15, I want to take him, I want to take him to his baseball games or whatever sports he wants to play. I want to be there cheering him on. I don't want to be, like, stuck in an office, you know, and not be able to experience life, you know. Uh, when I see so many things happening when life, you know, is short. You know, with the pandemic happening, you know, with your parents, they're getting older. I don't want to be in that similar situation. So I'm looking at ways to, to get myself, you know, out of the rat race. You hear that, people? Donate to the Patreon so Norm can get yeah, out the man. rat race. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how we get our income. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a people drop out, drop out of the Patreon. Oh, damn. Damn, guys. Man. Now, Yo, think about his kid, man. Yeah, yeah think about his kid. Damn. Now I gotta, now I gotta take a part-time job. Hey, for those, for those that are with the Patreon, man, love to y'all. Yeah, thank man, y'all. love to because y'all be giving for months, man. It's thank you, your, thank you. Yeah, yeah, head in the ring, man, and uh, you know that that speaks to us so much, and everybody else that listens and subscribes, I, I totally, totally appreciate all of y'all for um, uh, just you know all three of you guys. So <laughs> three guys. <laughs> He's uh, he's yeah, you, uh, you told me something different. <laughs> no, there's more, there's more, there's five, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I also want to touch on like anything that you know, new projects you want to, you know, you're, you're starting. Um, I know that you, you're also creating content for you know, your fitness and your, your healthcare business as well. Ultimately, like right now, I just create as much content as I can, right? Whenever I work with a client in the clinic and they deal with an issue. I make content out of it because maybe it might help somebody. Mm. So that's kind of my whole thing is like share your knowledge. Yeah, share the knowledge, share what I'm doing in the clinic, and you know, post things like I just try to be authentic, man. Like social media, it's so easy to like just share your highlights. Like, mm, yeah, I straight up tell people like, man, I see someone like every two to three weeks that stumps me. Like I don't know what to do, but that doesn't mean I quit. That just means I got more work to do. Like I'm gonna seek out something where it's gonna give me knowledge, or I'm gonna seek out another therapist and pay him to teach me what he would do and try to help this person. So like for me, it's like I'm always making content, always showing the journey, because I think people can really appreciate that. They can find, I found that since I've been doing that, I've had a lot of people reach out more. Like, man, dude, like I see you like starting a business, like I was in that same situation, like I wanna go out on my own. And I'm like, yeah, man, let's get on a call. Like, let me see if I can help you. Or, you know, I, I share, like, a client's success. It's like, ah oh, man, like, I was in her shoes. Like, these little things where it's like, you don't think you're making an impact. But I think sharing your story, sharing, like, what you're going through, your thought process, how you're solving these problems 
is going to make a huge impact in the grand scheme of things as long as you're trying to put out positivity in the world. Right. You know what I mean? 100 percent. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I share some of the things on the podcast where I wouldn't normally be proud to share. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm lazy in that I because I had a drink, I don't want to go work out anymore. Right. But it's one of those things that I feel it came from a place of positivity. And if I can share this with you and you go, yo, that's me, too. I'm not perfect. And and I'm letting them know my journey and they go well if he started again and he's aware of it and he's working on it then maybe i should too maybe they'll gain some positivity off of that and that's the whole purpose of why i share some of my own flaws and my imperfections or things that i mean i may not be totally proud of right but i think that's okay i think i think it's okay not to be perfect i think it's okay to make mistakes and get back up no, I mean that's what I I could just tell you all the shit that I've done wrong, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm good at that. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, like man, we still like and that's the thing. It's like going back to like when you share your failures and like you know getting back up. I'm like it's almost better not to be perfect, you know, because like when you perceive yourself as perfect, you're just gonna avoid stuff that might help you know damage that reputation. And that's something I realized like recently was like. I remember I used to tell people, man, I don't get embarrassed easily. Like, I'm good in front of anything. But I read this book called Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I was like, damn, it's not that I don't embarrass easily. I just never put myself in a situation to be embarrassed. Like, I just never, if there was a chance of failure and me looking stupid, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Even though growth was on the yellow side of it. Because oh, I wow. put such a big emphasis on my image. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't get embarrassed easily. I'm not that dude. But I realize I do. I just avoided those situations. So you're saying that there's a chance to experience failure, you'll fold. Yeah. That's what it was before. It was like, yeah, like. But isn't that a good move, like to minimize risk? I mean, in business. Depending on yeah. what you're doing. Right. Like business. he said, if there's growth on the other, other side, side of it, yeah. right? So that's, that's good. But yeah, if, you, if it's like a business move, you oh, know, yeah, then, yeah. then you got you to gotta, you gotta be more balanced risk in your portfolio. Adverse, yeah. But yeah. I was saying like little things will eat away at you. Like, let's say you're someone that says, I'm not a public speaker. You know, maybe us three are doing a group presentation. I'm like, yeah, I can't speak in front of people. So I'm going to do the, the slides. You know, like that right there is me pretending that I don't embarrass easily because I'm mm. putting myself in a position not to speak. But that was like yeah. us trying to avoid, you know, yeah. speaking or like really putting in work to know the topic so well yeah, that yeah. you don't got to look at index cards and stuff like that. Right, right. So like, I always think about situations like that now. I'm like, Am I just scared to do this? Mm. Like, nah, let's try this shit out. Let's, like, let's see, see what happens. that's the thing. You're asking yourself. There's a common theme, right? With people like that, they ask themselves the right questions. I try to not to uh, speak to myself because I think it's kind of weird. But I try to have... Mentally, to- not loud, loud, like, <laughs> what do I want to eat tonight? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying literally. I'm right. like, mentally, you, you ask, you yeah. have conversations in your head, right? You think about things. In your thoughts, do you ask yourself questions? There are moments that I have asked myself questions, but uh, for, for some reason, um, it does give me realizations, but it also gets me very emotional because it's, because <clears throat> they're, they're very personal questions and for me it's 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 almost like there's a fear of doing that you know i i see you guys like it's it's great to ask yourself questions and i agree but for me it's it's sort of like opening up wounds and it 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 might not be pretty you know and that's why it's it's very for me it's very limited like if i have questions of 
of of wh- how I can better myself is usually do other, with other people, right. asking those questions. So, I mean, it kind of sounds like you run away from. Oh yeah, totally. Like so you're running away yeah, from pain. Of course. You're running away from the past. Of course, mo- you're running away. Well, from- yeah. So most of the time, these questions are very personal. Like I'm asking myself. Is that healthy? I think there are times when it's healthy to ask those questions and having those wounds kind of open and then you know and then speaking about them um but i think it's just also healthier to speak with somebody who can open your mind to a different perspective because even if i even if i speak to myself i'm giving myself the answers so it's not really a different perspective you know Mm. i'm opening my mind to um having that conversation but really, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. So it's not really a different perspective. So I do have questions like the ones that you, you have with yourselves. But I, I intentionally want to have these uh, conversations with other people. So, so how do you explore it? Do you um, actually initiate conversations with these people to explore? Or do you continue to run from it so that you don't have to confront your demons? Oh, I mean... Or your shortcomings or whatever you want to label yeah, it. Yeah. It may not be no, demons. Um, these questions, I, I usually, you know, definitely I speak to people that, you know, that, that are not biased. They're, they're impartial. You know, they, they will give me the straight answer. But um, so I do have questions like with people that I trust, you know, these these conversations have to be with people you trust because, you know, they're so personal that, you know, you might you don't want to have someone who will be judgmental, you know. To, sure. to say things or use that shit against you use it yeah. against you or, or say things that will just break you down yeah I don't have these conversations with my parents cause you're at a very <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. you know ding so, ding 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 so, you know I don't have these yeah. conversations cause with you're at a very vulnerable moment yeah of course you know what but I think to my parents credit mm-hmm. I think you're right if I came to them just on the surface oh yeah they would, yeah, yeah. They would be harsh on me they would go back to old school hardcore tiger <laughs> yeah. parents but I think if I came with them and expressed vulnerability I think that's a side that they go, okay, Will doesn't usually show himself to us like that. I think they'll be more sensitive and empathetic to what I'm currently sharing. And I don't know if that's a lot of other parents do. They're not used to seeing their kid vulnerable. Would they have a more empathetic approach instead of looking at you like just fuck it, truck through it? Would they actually listen to you Mm -hmm. before they try to advise you, right? And, and, And just try to... Maybe they don't have the answer. Maybe they'll just stay with you and just tell you it'll get better. Maybe they'll just comfort you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like my mom and dad would do that. I don't know. That shit changes though. Like Asian parents get, once like you get to that point, like after college, I feel like, or you're away from home. Like, damn, they get mad sentimental. Like my dad's like, yo, hug me, man. I miss you. I'm like, (laughs) whoa, really? Affection from Asian parents? For real? My mom still doesn't like show facial expressions or anything. (laughs) My, no, my just, dad doesn't do the hug thing. Oh. No, nah, no. Nah. I would think your dad would go for the hug. My mom. My mom's, mom. my mom's more affectionate wow. than... than um, my, mom, my dad, like, it wouldn't be like... Because I, I go in for the hug with my dad. When I see him and we leave, I'm like, oh, what's that? He, he, it's the, the, one, the cheap, the one hand, <laughs> the like, one yeah, hand yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good game, good game. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of those. Um, but, but he will tell me, like, like, he will call me. Like, there's other things that... The, other ways that I see it. Other ways that I get those hugs. You know, it may not be physical squeeze, but like he'll call me, hey, like if we didn't talk for a week or two, hey, how's everything? You good? How's the kids? Yeah. How's every, How's this and that? Oh, great. And we'll just chit chat about little things. And then, um, and then at the end, he might go, all right, you take care, son. Boom. 
you know and that to me i hear i love you yeah you know in between all of that i hear i love you and i feel the hug like mm. it's i feel it and to me it's just that's good and it, it means a lot to me and then when i see my dad i mean he's not scared of doing it it's just i just don't think that's in that's, him maybe he's not used to, to, it, to yeah know, it's just like the way he was raised yeah. is, is different but you I mean i've heard he has said i love you before but it's not like every day it's not like like with my kids i, I give them i love you bombs like all the time <laughs> I love you, I love you. yeah <laughs> you're going to school i love you oh daddy's leaving the house i love you mm-hmm. you know you're you're going to bed i love you oh good morning i love you like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i give it to them all the time yeah uh, my dad is different he's very selective with it you know i yeah. hear it there is it me more there. When, when it's like selective like that you no think? i don't brand. i'm just yeah. because it always means a lot even mm-hmm. when he says take care yeah i understand what it means mm-hmm. when he says take care mm-hmm. you know so when I hear, because I already feel it, I feel it. So it doesn't mean when he actually says it, because it's just words, right? It's just words. It's like, what's the meaning behind these words? He could say "take care," and it really means "I love you," yeah, right. So I hear it already when he says "take care." When he says "how you doing," you know, I I hear it. Oh, I love you. Oh, how you doing? Oh, in my head, it goes. It means the energy I feel is I love you. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you're good. I don't need you to actually say these words in order to. To, for me to just feel secure about our relationship I, I understand where we're at you know so um, it's deeper than that you know I'm, I'm a grown man like I get it I get it I don't need to I don't need that reassurance at this age no for you know? sure maybe yeah. as a kid it would have been nice <laughs> just once <laughs> yeah no that's that's like reading between the lines like when your boys are like yo man this is kind of crazy dude you sure you want to do this yeah that's reading between the lines like man like you understand where we both came from and you're scared that I'm making this jump that's going to be risky. You're watching out for me. And for me, that's how I perceive it now. It's like, it used to be like, man, you just don't think I'm capable, do you? But it's more so like, I know where we come from and people where we come from don't do stuff like that. It's yeah. kind of crazy. They're projecting still, their yeah. fear and their doubt on you. Yeah. They're just, yeah, and I agree with you. I think they're looking inwardly because th- when I heard my friends say that, yeah, my initial reflex was, fuck yo you hanging you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like why aren't you supporting me and um but i get it i i think you know as a time to think about it and get out my feelings you really thinking of my interests and you're going if i did this i would be really unsure about it that's what it really is you're projecting your own thoughts yeah. on on how you would feel if you did it and you're just looking out for me in that sense and i get it but you're not looking out for me when you say things like that. Yeah. You know, I think make me aware of this, but also reassure me like, yo, you got my back. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's the way to move with that. If it doesn't work out, you got a place to crash. Yeah, <laughs> man. See, that's that's beautiful. You know what I'm that's saying? That's beautiful. In one of my properties. In yeah. one of my properties. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get it, Norm. Norm's after it. Hey, you could take tips from his brother. Yo, yeah, your bro is killing it in the game. Some man, like, I don't <laughs> You're saying that he has a new hobby. <laughs> Yeah, he, collecting baseball cards. And for those of you listening, we're talking about real estate. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, my, yeah, my brother, you, you know when he's doing well because he's always eating well. He's always showing what he's eating. You know, like, that's what we always he's got uh, that second joke around He's one of those Instagram food guys. Oh, yeah. You know, every time the lobster or something comes out, like, hold up, hold up. Yeah, he, your bro has to, like, he's a good cook, too. He used to, he used to cook know. for us because, like, my parents would work, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if I went on, like, a school trip and, you know, when you're in a public school, you go on a school trip, like, that was the one time you got to flex your meals at home mm-hmm. or you didn't want to be that kid eating that peanut butter jelly with the apple in the box that was prepackaged. So, so he would pack lunches for you? Yeah, Wade would make some random like things for me that like I don't even know what it was. It'd be, it wouldn't be bad, 
But like, I just didn't want to show up with that prepackaged peanut butter jelly because I wanted to flex. Everyone had like Lunchables or something that so day. So he made like, you lobster. <laughs> nah, nah, it would be like a just like an egg sandwich or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like something simple. He's done that for me like once or twice when I was a kid. But it's just like, you know, it's just funny to grow up like that where it's like certain parents would be like, yeah, they cook their kids like a nice meal or they buy them a nice thing. And it was, it was my brother <laughs> doing that because yeah. my dad was working. That's a, that's a, And that's what I mean. Like what we're talking about earlier, sometimes the oldest kid uh, have to be the second or third parent. They have yeah. to step in because the parents are out working like 80 hours a week, you know, just to make ends meet. And you end up having to raise each other, and it's and they're put in a predicament they don't want to. And it sounds like your brother's amazing. Like I didn't know what he was as a brother, uh, but I can tell you that's not the norm. You know, yeah. brothers don't cook. always t- make lunches like that. Like I hear the other stories where they get bullied and taken advantage of, or oh, definitely or, all that stuff. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. you know, in in you know, it. In addition to making lunches like, for you, man, this you guy get the full experience. Like an okay, okay, so you got the full experience. Yeah, I still right. get bullied today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So you're you're much older now, and then your way still bullies you. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, that's how it is. Like, I th- it's just banter, you know. Like yeah, with you and your yeah. brothers, yeah. like. You know, it's me, Wei, and Zen, and, like, it's just always banter going on. It's family. But it's yeah. always, like, it, it's cool to, like, no matter where you're at, mm-hmm. like, someone can kind of put you in your place. That's kind of nice, you know? Now, can I ask, do you guys ever compete with one another like, for your parents' love? Nah. To see who's more successful, to see who's more, like, do you guys try to uh, make each other jealous? You nah. know, I think the biggest thing was, like, we just keep each other in check. It's like, yo... You know, me, I was okay in elementary school. Junior high school is maybe like, a, I don't know, maybe like 78 average, 80 average. In high school, I got, somehow I got into Brooklyn Tech. I failed like gym class, failed trigonometry. was like a 75 average graduating. Gra- even grad, I didn't even know what I wanted to do after undergrad, you know, when I was in college and undergrad. I got academic probation twice. And it wasn't like, man, like we're doing better than you or like, I felt jealous. It was almost like my brother's like, yo, pick your shit up, man. Like, stop making excuses. Like, stop being such a disappointment. Like, do something. Like, figure it out. Like, you need help with anything. You need money. I got you. Like, it was always very supportive. Like, family yeah, that's wise. awesome. Hey, like, he got your back. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, both my brothers definitely got my back. Like, I think. Is that something that your parents taught you guys? Or did they try to make, because I've seen the other way where they're, and they raise the kids and it's very common and I'm sure if any Asian households are listening to this like the, your parents make you compete with them oh look at your sister or look or, at your brother they, they compare each other yeah 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 yeah. like how come you can't do that like your brother did they got all A's yeah how come you gotta get I this? think we were always like average <laughs> you know, like, oh so everyone's average so everyone's <laughs> like, like yeah there's no one to compare to the crazy part is that like I hope my cousin aren't listening but like <laughs> We got compared to our cousins yes, a lot. Yes, it was okay, very okay, popular. Because okay, okay. so like, the parents were trying to brag about their kids. Yeah. And, you know. But I, I, for me, it's like, I've been, I grew like, you know, all those circumstances, it's the complete opposite of like what my girlfriend's at. And then we both ended up in the same physical therapy school. Both ended up doing this, you know, company together. But it's like, she was like 101 average or something, doing dance, tennis, all these extracurriculars. I was in Flushing, gambling at Quickly's, drinking bubble tea, <laughs> shooting a pool, uh, pool at night, internet cafe, playing yep, Dota yep, 5 yep. on 5 okay. to 4 a.m. 
and you know coming home like super super late so it's like i i almost like me and my girl always talk about this like how what's your parenting style like man man let my kid do whatever the fuck he wants to do he's gonna figure it out and i'm gonna kind of do what my brothers did like always make sure that i wasn't going too far in that end you know like i did bad things maybe smoke some weed but I never like went past that i never mm. did anything that was truly gonna sabotage my life mm-hmm. and it's always that kind of exploring failing on your own seeing what you did that now you know kids are going to college doing wild shit yeah a lot of kids are doing things that are detrimental to their health now like yeah. starting from high school forget about college yeah. i hear these horror stories man and these a lot of kids overdose or they fall into like a deep dark depression because of the imbe- chemical imbalance when you take certain drugs it gets you at a really big high, but you never get the high again. You continue to chase it, chase it, chase it. And your in your mind, your brain isn't even fully matured yet as a teenager. I think it's just the age we live in right now. It's yeah. like it's gotta be instant gratification, right? It's like no one wants to do something and chip away at it. Uh my mentor wrote this book called Killing Comfort. He's like, just do something that's gonna suck, but you know you're gonna be in a better position and do it for the next five years. It was like one part of it. I'm like, five years? I'm like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. But I realized that's what it takes, right? Like, if your daughter wants to be good at tennis, she's going to have to put her head in a game and play tennis like that for years. Mm -hmm. Before you can be even ranked. Yeah. Like, that's why I started, like, jujitsu. I was like, man, I want to be a complete student again. And I just want to know that I'm not going to be good at this sport for another 10 years, and I'm still going to show up every single day. Like, it's something that you do, and it's like, it humbles you and it makes you realize that like if I do jujitsu 630 in the morning on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I normally do, everything else is super easy for the rest of the day. Mm. You know, I'm waking up early to get choked out. Like <laughs> no one else is doing that. <laughs> and, and then the rest of the day being an entrepreneur and like navigating a lot of uncertainties, like you realize that you've put yourself in this situation already, maybe artificially by forcing yourself to show up somewhere and do something for the next couple of years, even though you're not going to get better at it it kind of gives you like a mental edge and like that's kind of what I was looking for. Like I want to put myself in uncomfortable situations where I can learn a skill that's going to be very useful but also like it's going to change my discipline and my like my ability to think under my ability to kind of think under high pressure situations because mm. that's all jujitsu is like yeah. problem solving while someone's trying to kill you. So Andy, thank you for you know taking the time to share your your journey with us. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to um, let the audience know? No, I'm. Uh, I mean, I started my practice a month ago. It's doing really well. Um, we're launching online programs. So our practice is called Moment Physical Therapy and Performance. We've launched online programs that are going to be geared towards kettlebell training, and there's a couple other things in the works. But you know, you can follow the journey. And I'm always going to be sharing kind of everything we talked about, right? Cool. Like, How can they find you on Instagram? Uh, at moment.ptp and at dr.annychen. Cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks for coming through. Lucky Boys out. Lucky Boys Podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the rest of our episodes.